Thursday, August 30th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, if you are tired of the same old sports talk, the arguments, the callers that are yelling into their phones, hang out here for a while. I think you're going to like it a little bit better. We prefer to talk sports with a dose of common sense. We prefer to talk sports with a pretty heavy dose of sarcasm here and there, and we prefer to just laugh at the world of sports because a lot of it is actually funny. We are happy to have you joining us here today. Happy Thursday to you. We are plowing our way through a week that I really want to get through because we've got a huge weekend of college football. We've got a holiday weekend here in the U.S. We have just so many reasons to sit around on our couch and take all the football in that we can once we get to this weekend. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. If you'd like to contact the show, let us know maybe which games you are planning to watch this weekend. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or feel free to reach out to us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. If you've got a suggestion, maybe you have some feedback, maybe you need some advice, maybe you disagree with some of the picks that we've been making on our college football preview, hey, we would love to hear from you. Bring what it is that you have. You know, we've got a lot to get to today. Primarily, we need to get to part three of our college football preview with longtime friend of the show, Big Rob, who stopped by to make picks for who we think is going to win the big conferences in college football, who the contenders are going to be, who could maybe trip up some of those big-time teams, and we have our picks for the National College Football Playoff. Now, today, we are going to be getting to the Pac-12 and to the SEC. Yes, the Southeastern Conference. Hey, we know it's the big dog. Who are the contenders in these two monster conferences? We will be discussing that in just a few minutes. But first, we do have just a couple of stories that I want to get to, and both of them are coming out of the NFL. You know, it was announced yesterday that Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, yeah, he's no longer the highest paid player in the NFL because Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have agreed to a record-breaking four-year, $134 million extension. They are saying that Aaron Rodgers' new deal could be worth up to $180 million in total money. Yeah, that's a ton of money. Now, the deal would run through the 2023 season when Aaron Rodgers will actually be turning 40 years old. Rodgers is set to receive $67 million bucks by the end of 2018 and an additional $13 million before March 17th of 2019. I mean, hey, we knew this was coming. And there is no question whatsoever Aaron Rodgers deserves every single penny that he gets. He's the best quarterback in the league, talent-wise. Give him his money. He has earned it. But you knew there was a butt coming, didn't you? Let me just ask you this. What is the one knock out there about Aaron Rodgers? If there was a knock on him, not really physical talent-wise, but if there was a knock on Aaron Rodgers out there, what would that knock be? Just one Super Bowl, right? That's what it would be. Well, he only has the one Super Bowl. And I understand that. Hey, that's more about the team. That is far more about his supporting cast than it is about him. He can only do so much. Now, what is the knock on Aaron Rodgers' teams? 
yeah, they're usually not very good aside from him. And it is going to be really, really tough to change either of these knocks with this giant contract on the book. Yes, Aaron Rodgers deserves the contract. No question about that. I think he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just really hope you didn't hamstring your team because you're not going to be able to get much help with that giant contract. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! I will say this about Tom Brady. And if you listen to the Daily Dose, you know my feelings on Tom Brady. Think he's very, very good. Not sure if he's the greatest. But I will say this. He always does team-friendly deals to try to get more talent in. Does it work all the time? No. Has it worked a lot of the time? Yeah, I think it has. Let's see here. One other move worth talking about. And that is that the New York Jets cleaned up their crowded quarterback situation yesterday. They trade projected backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater and a sixth round draft pick down to the New Orleans Saints for a third round draft pick. I think what this tells us is that the New York Jets are looking at rookie Sam Darnold to be their starter come week one. You know, Bridgewater had played pretty well in the preseason. He completed 74% of his passes. He went 28 of 38 for 316 yards. He did have two touchdowns. He had one interception. But when I look at this deal, I actually think both teams benefit from it. I mean, the New York Jets, they make it clear who their guy is going to be. Sam Darnold, you're our guy. We are all in on you. Make no mistake about it. There's no quarterback controversy. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold unless he proves he's not up to the challenge. And then they'll go to the backup. They'll go to a veteran backup in McCown. But I think the Jets are saying, hey, this is our guy. We're going with him. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints make a pretty good deal. Because think about the New Orleans Saints roster. They have some good, young, talented players. Guys like Alvin Kamara. Guys like Michael Thomas that are in their mid-20s. But hey, Drew Brees is 39 years old. So when you look at the New Orleans Saints, you say, well, yeah, they got some young talent, but Breeze is almost 40. How many years do they really have? That window is starting to close on what the Saints can do. Well, if Bridgewater is healthy and he can play like he did in the preseason, at least, they can keep that window open. There will be life after Drew Brees down in New Orleans because they may have found a quarterback that can give them another four, five, six, maybe seven years, hopefully, if he's healthy. Pretty good deal, I think, for both of those teams. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue our 2018 Daily Dose College Football Preview as we are joined by Big Rob to make our picks for the season that is actually going to be rolling along tonight. Not any huge matchups tonight, but there is college football on tonight. Coming up after this, our picks for who is going to win the Pac-12 and the SEC. Got to make sure you stick around for that. Okay, we're going to continue. We're going to move on. We're going to go past the independents. We're going to get past the small schools. We are going to now go to the Pac-12, the conference that plays too late for the East Coast to see. We are now at the Pac-12. Now, the Pac-12 is coming off a little bit of a tough season last year because not one team made the Final Four. And when we look at these conferences, if you were grading out the conferences top to bottom, you would think, Pac-12 is going to probably be in the top four. They didn't get one single team in. And honestly, last year, they didn't deserve to have one single team in. They kept losing whenever everything was on the line. You'd see the Pac-12 lose. This season, you know they are hoping to be better. You know they are hoping to be back into the final four. Rob, if you had your pick in the Pac-12, 
Who do you have winning it? Because this conference is going to be pretty tough this year. It is. Yeah, this is I had the, the hardest time with this one because it could go a lot of ways. If I have to pick one, um, I'm going to take Washington behind uh, Miles Gaskin running back there. Yep. They got Stanford at home. So I think that's, you know, I had narrowed it down between those two, Washington and Stanford. Sure. Washington has Stanford at home. So I think that gives them the nudge. And that's who wins the conference. Well, and of course, they've got quarterback Jake Browning should be a Heisman candidate. Like you talked about, Miles Gaskin. They should win this conference. They do have a softer schedule. The one thing that's going to be interesting to see, they open up with Auburn. And it's basically going to be a home game of Auburn because I think that game is in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a very, very tough game. If they get past that, they should be in the driver's seat for the Pac-12. I like Washington. I always struggle to put a lot of faith in Washington because they're Washington. And it seems (laughs) like they always trip up when they shouldn't. So, I mean, you're the Huskies. That's what you do. I'm going to make a pick and it's going to be something stupid. Because like you talked about, I probably struggled the most with Mm -hmm. the Pac-12. They've got, I'd say, three teams, maybe four, Mm -hmm. that could win the conference. I got four, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. And I'm going to go with Southern Cal. And I know, I know they have to replace Sam Darnold and he was really good, but they return almost all the offensive line and they return most of their defense. And it sounds like freshman JT Daniels, he's going to be named the starter, which is a little bit scary because he is a freshman, but he's going to have help. Running back Stephen Carr should be good if he could stay healthy. And I know that's kind of the knock on him. But the key, I think, for USC is can they get off to a strong start because they go to Stanford and they go to Texas in September. Mm-hmm. Like you can't afford to lose one of those. Right. The one thing I always wonder about USC, and I guess there's a couple questions I have about them. Can they play hard every year? Can they stop taking those stupid, idiotic, mindless, personal foul penalties that it seems like they have every single year? I don't understand. Can you just be disciplined? There's no question you're talented. Now have some sense. If they could do those things and they can get off to a good start, then I think Southern Cal is right there. I think they have talent defensively. Yeah, I would say probably the most talented team in the Pac-12, just player for player, position for position. But like you said, just putting it all together, you know, week in, week out, like you said, no penalties or anything like that, Uh, you know, not taking off any weekends. Like I said, I, I just don't think, you know, it's, it's a young team. Like I said, it has a lot of talent, but I just don't see them, you know, putting everything together, you know, each week. Yeah. And that's going to be the hard part because at that level and in this conference, you can't take a week off. You take a week mm-hmm. off and someone will sneak up and bite you. And that's going to be the challenge for USC because we're going to talk about a couple of the teams in that conference right now in the Pac-12. They are going to be pretty tough. Pac-12 is going to be pretty good this year. Who else do you like in the Pac-12? Um, like I said, I kind of mentioned them before, uh, Stanford, uh, Bryce Love, obviously a big name, uh, running back there. Like I said, I think they'll be right there with Washington, you know, depending on how that game turns out when they play each other, uh, I think is who's going to win that conference. But, uh, you know, good defense. And, um, like I said, just handing out, handing off the ball to Bryce, uh, Bryce Love, you know, that's, that, that's going to get them far, I think. Well, and, you know, last year we saw a little bit of quarterback KJ Costello and it seemed like once he went in and he kind of got in and settled in, it seemed like we started to see Stanford figured out. Because I was looking at Stanford last year and saying, hey, this might be their year. They kind of had to figure out what was going on. Quarterback Costello ended up taking over the position. And once he did, we started looking at Stanford saying, no, this might be the team. But then he ended up getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And that kind of changed their whole season. He comes back. His wide receivers are back. They lost some people defensively. But offensively, Stanford is going to be pretty good this year. You know, they're not the team that's going to be pretty good this year, at least offensively. 
And I want to get your thoughts on them because I think Arizona is going to be really interesting to watch. They return 16 starters, including that explosive quarterback, Khalil Tate, to play for Kevin Sumlin. Now, someone didn't win enough down at Texas A&M, but hey, win eight games at Arizona and they're going to like knight you, aren't they? <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole different deal down there. His expectations in Tucson, a little bit different from College Station. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the, the next team I had. Um, like you said, uh, Khalil Tate, Kevin Sumlin. So if he can recre- recreate that Johnny Manziel, yeah. uh, Johnny Manziel style, you know, you got a quarterback that can kind of do everything run. I think they're definitely going to put up points. And I think that's going to be the team that's kind of going to mess up everything in this conference for everybody. You know, it's really going to give everybody trouble trying to stop that offense. And like I said, behind Kevin Sutherland, like I said, I, I think they're going to put up a lot of points and, and, and cause a lot of trouble in the Pac-12. Well, and you know, the other thing about Arizona is the schedule really shapes up nicely for them. They don't have to play Washington. They don't have to play Stanford. They get Southern Cal at home. That kind of works out well for Arizona. But you better be careful because Arizona does have one road trip. And I have a feeling we could mention this team here in just a minute. They have one road trip that they don't let it sneak up on you. That's all I'm saying. You have anyone else in the Pac-12 that you like this year? Utah. That's the team I was talking about. Yep. yep. Huntley, QB. It's a solid team. I think they've got a good defense. And again, I think that's a team that can cause more problems than, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people are overlooking them. And I think that that's really a solid team in that, in that conference. Well, and it's so funny because when we think of the Pac-12, who do we think of? We think of Southern Cal. Maybe you think of Stanford or Washington, mm-hmm. maybe even UCLA or something like that. Who wins the title every year? Utah. Utah yeah. It's always Utah. <laughs> All they're doing is winning games. All they do is win titles. Nobody ever talks about them. Nobody ever cares. Oh, Utah, where do they play? <laughs> yeah, they keep winning the Pac-12. Everyone else aside, it always seems like it's the Utah Utes getting it done. Uh, one of the team that I'll throw out there, and I don't think they're going to be great, but Oregon plays the mm-hmm. softest schedule in the nation. <laughs> When you schedule Bowling Green, Portland State, and San Jose State, yeah, you're probably going to win a couple of games. You're not going to be yeah, a should. national power. You right. should win a couple. You of should games. at least win three. <laughs> <laughs> like there's three wins. Now uh, you probably get to play Colorado. There's four wins, mm-hmm. and not a single D1 school among them. Ugh, I don't even want to talk about Colorado right now. I know we're talking about the Pac-12. Uh, Rob. There is no college football in the state of Colorado. <laughs> Why in the world is a military academy the best college football program in my home state? <laughs> what is going on here? I don't, I can't figure it out. I know. Like I said, I was thinking, uh, Colorado, I felt like almost turned it around a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, it and seemed like they were gunning. They were on the right, but that only lasted, yeah, a season or two. And it's just, yeah. Same old, same again. Oh, it's so bad. You know, I remember the years. I mean, I, you know, born and raised here, I remember the years of, of just pain. I remember when they were horrible, and they would literally win like one game a year. And then I remember when McCartney came in. I remember when McCartney, a lot of people don't know this, one year McCartney decided he was going to change the uniforms to blue and gold. Oh. Yeah, he changed them like a, like a Carolina blue and gold. And they were horrible. They went like two and 10. Like it did nothing. He was like, all right, back to the black and gold. But I remember when they were contending for national titles. I remember when they were beating Nebraska and beating Oklahoma and they were the big dog in, in the country. They were one of the big dogs. Like people around the country were talking about Colorado football. Those days are over. And I don't think they're ever coming back. Yeah. They're, yeah. They've been gone a while. Yeah. They have Air Force Academy (laughs) is the best college football in this state. (laughs) 
and it's not close. Colorado State got beat by Hawaii. <laughs> they were just happy to not be walking around in lava and hurricanes, and they came here and beat Colorado State. What is going on? Why can't I have college football here? Uh, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't I don't understand. Rob, do you have anyone else in the Pac-12? Because I'm annoyed with Colorado. Um, no, like I said, I think we covered it. Like I said, Washington, Stanford, uh, Arizona. Like I said, I really like Arizona. Like I said, I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna shock a lot of people. So that's one of my dark horse picks. All right, Rob, I'm gonna throw out one more team here, and it's it's primarily just to to bother you. Just really to kind of get under your skin a little bit. But I'm going to throw out one more team here because UCLA has your favorite head coach, Chip Kelly. And no, they don't return a whole lot. But can he find some offensive linemen because he lost almost all of them? Can Chip Kelly go find some people to run his stuff? Probably not, but eventually he'll probably get some things going. He can't. He can't. He uh, set the Eagles back and he's just... It's that bad karma we talked about. That's you're just... still mad at Chip Kelly, aren't you? <laughs> you're holding the grudge against Chip Kelly. I am. I am. Yes. What he did to your Philadelphia Eagles. He set us back. He did set you back. <laughs> or, or hey, yeah, yeah. you haven't won a Super Bowl until Chip <laughs> Kelly came. <laughs> did he actually, is he the guy that was actually pulling the strings getting that thing done? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he came to Philly and they were talking about, look how fast his offense is. His offense is so fast. And then you guys realize that you're punting in three seconds. Your yeah, defense played 59 minutes on the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's what poor UCLA is going to have to do this year because they just don't have the people to run his system. But, uh, you know, I just want to throw UCLA and Chip Kelly out there for you because I knew you'd appreciate that. <laughs> okay. You are going with Washington. I am going with USC in the Pac-12. We are now to the final conference in college football, the biggest and the baddest of them all. The SEC has now won nine of the last 12 national championships. Hey, while other conferences are out there and they're hoping, like the Pac-12, could we maybe, please, just perhaps get one team into the college football playoff? The SEC gets two in last year. Doesn't even care. They play for the whole thing. That's just how the SEC rolls. Hey, they're going to be tough again this year. The SEC stacked. I am... Kind of wanting to hear, who do you have winning the SEC this year? I don't want to pick them, but I feel like you have to pick Bama. Yeah. I mean, again, talent-wise, and they may even be better. I think Tua, if he ends up winning the starting spot, can throw the ball. They can really open that offense up. You know, traditionally they don't. Traditionally a run-first team. Sure. I mean, but with Tua, um, like I said, they have the option to really open up that offense. And if that's the case, I mean, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, they are going to be tough to beat. Nick Saban, hey, he doesn't have to, you know, rebuild. He just reloads every single year. He just has All-American after All-American coming in. You talked about quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, what he did in that national championship game. Hey, they weren't running the ball. He went out and he spread the field and he threw the ball down the field, which is something that Jalen Hurts struggled all year to do. We saw teams come out with Alabama. They stacked the box. They said, hey, if you can throw it over our heads, we dare you. And he couldn't do it. Tagovailoa can oh, yeah. do that. And he is pretty accurate throwing. Plus, he's also pretty dangerous with his feet, which I think gets kind of lost because we think of Hurts as being the runner. Tua can run too. Tua go and, um, and then running backs too. I mean, they will yeah. still have a good run game. So like I said, you can't, like I said, they have the, you know, the option of, you know, opening up that passing game, which, um, like I said, better offense. Uh, you know, the defense is going to be good every year. Um, although they're a little younger. Um, yeah, for replace sure. a lot of places. So questionable but like i said i think you know they have a better offense than they probably had 
past few years, and that that makes them dangerous. Yeah, and their offense is going to be good. The one concern that I have for Alabama, and you know, we don't usually have these concerns, but they lost nine starters from that defense. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. They've also already lost two linebackers just from the preseason right now due to injury. We'll see if that defense can stack up. But you know, Nick Saban, and I want to talk a little bit about Nick Saban. Nick Saban did something in college football that we really hadn't seen. And what he does is when he goes and recruits, he goes and he gets the best athlete he can find. And instead of saying, okay, you're going to be my quarterback, you're going to be my running back, you're going to be my wide receiver. He says, okay, you're going to be my safety. You're going to be my linebacker. And our defense is going to absolutely dominate. And it's what he keeps doing. We saw him do it with guys like Mark Barron. We saw him do it with Minka Fitzpatrick. He puts his studs on the defensive side of the ball and then he knocks you backwards. Yeah, yeah, like you said, so that's the thing. Like I said, they did lose a lot of people. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, they're going to have talented people, even with people going down to injury. I mean, they're going to have talent on that defensive side. And like I said, they've got a season, you know, to figure it out. Like I said, the schedule, you know, it's uh, light early, you know, so as the season's going on, you know, I think he'll tinker it. So it'll be okay. And then like I said, but on the flip side of that, I think the offense is better than it's been in the past few years. So early on, you know, if it's too, uh, throwing it, um, you know, you're putting up points. You can, you know, kind of cover for your defense until until they can get set. But you know, by the end of the year, you know, I think that defense will be solid again. Yeah, he'll he'll get them to improve throughout the year. Is Nick Saban the best coach ever? Is he the best college football coach in the history? Mm, that's tough. It is tough. He's in the conversation, isn't he? He's in the conversation. Yeah, program. I mean, you know, just what he's done there. What's he won? Five of the last nine or some crazy thing like that yeah Yeah, it's a bunch and in a in an era where you can't just stockpile 80 guys and say okay you're gonna sit there you're not gonna play as freshmen i get to keep you for five years or whatever in an era where guys are coming in they're leaving after sometimes two three years he has somehow just keeps winning and he's done it multiple places he won a title at lsu Mm mm-hmm Saban's in the conversation. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's up there. Yeah. Like I said, consistently, like I said, every year, you know, we're sending people to the NFL, but still, I mean, we're always in the conversation, you know, even when they don't win it. I mean, they're top three, top four every year. Rob, I'm going to screw everything up. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to pick Alabama. Okay. I'm going to do something really, really stupid. I'm going to pick a team that just has a knack for losing a game that they shouldn't. And they do it every year. And I'll guarantee they'll probably do it this year. But my pick for the SEC champion, I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs because they do have some pieces to replace. They've got to somehow replace Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. They've got to replace both running backs in Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. But the Bulldogs still have serious firepower on both sides of the ball. They're going to still score some serious points because quarterback Jake Fromm is back. Most of his offensive line is back. DeAndre Swift could be an exceptional running back. He's really, really explosive. Now, the worry that I have with Georgia is like I said, it always seems like they find a way to trip themselves and lose to a team they shouldn't lose, like they're rated three and they lose to an unranked Florida or Mm -hmm. something like that. They go to Columbia to face South Carolina early in September. Then they also go to Columbia again and face Missouri late in September. They could stumble on one of those games. I could see that really, really easily. But Georgia is going to be loaded this year. Oh yeah, like I said, that was my uh my runner up pick behind Alabama. Like I said, on paper, you know, the talent has returned. Offense, they'll be able to put up points. The defense is solid. Like you said, it's just, you know, they always seem to drop a game that they shouldn't, that they yeah. that they really shouldn't, and that that's what worries me about them. That's what worries me too. And as much as I like Jake Fromm, I worry that he could have that off day. And I don't know if Georgia's defense will be good. I don't know if they'll be great. And if you got into that game with an Alabama 
You get into that game with an Auburn, which we'll probably talk about. Yeah, you get into a game with one of those. I know the SEC East is not nearly as good, but a Tennessee or a Florida or something like that, South Carolina, Georgia could find themselves in some trouble. I'm going to take Georgia. I'm not going to do it with a lot of confidence, but I'm going to take Georgia. I worry a little bit about the losses that Alabama took. I think it's going to be a fun year in the SEC, though. Who else do you have in the SEC that looks good? Uh, well, you mentioned them, uh, Missouri. I like Missouri. Yeah. That's going to be a good offense, I think. Um, be able to put some points up. Not sure about the defense, but like I said, definitely, you know, offense should keep them in every game. Well, and you know what's funny about Missouri? Because a lot of times we look at these teams and we look at a quarterback coming back and we see someone like Drew Locke at Missouri and we say, hey, he could have a huge year this year. And then you look a little closer and you're like, wait, he doesn't return any offensive line. Drew Locke returns his entire offensive line. They were scoring 38 points a game last year. They might be better. Yeah. Yeah. Missouri could be a little bit scary. I'm going to throw out a team. When I say it, you might go seriously, but Mississippi State, the cupboard is not bare in Starkville. Dan Mullen left it pretty stocked. The Bulldogs returned 15 players from a team that went nine and four. And don't forget, they did take Alabama to that final gun. Quarterback Nick Fitzgerald is back. New head coach Joe Moorhead, he's got some weapons down there. Mississippi State might be sneaky good. You know, Moorhead coached at Fordham. If you can win at Fordham University, you probably know something about being the little guy and sneaking up on the bullies. I like Mississippi State a little bit. Yeah, like you said, they gave it to uh, Alabama last year. Like I said, they're returning a lot of people. So, you know, that's that motivation, you know, that they'll have that they can draw off this year. Um, another year, more experience. Yeah, so that's, that's a great pick. I like Mississippi State a lot. Who else do you like in the SEC? Um, well, I'm just going to make this pick. Just as, this is one of those coach value okay. picks. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll take that. LSU. Okay. Wow. You're going to go, you're going to go with the Raging Cajun and go down to LSU. I love this pick. That is phenomenal. You're going to go with Ed Orgeron. I love that. Are they going to, are they going to knock off some people? No, no, no. I don't, I don't think they're. I just, yeah. You're I just, just like, you just like Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Did you ever hear the song that they made about Ed Orgeron? Uh oh. Back in the day, they made this song about him. Remember when he was at Ole Miss, and he had Brent Schaefer. Yeah, I need to, I need to find I need to find that song. I'm going to play it for you. No, I, I like the I like the I, like I, I want them to be good. I don't yes, think they will, but I, will but I want them to. That's, I'm right there with you. Is. I want every year whoever Ed Orgeron is coaching. I want them to be good because yes. I want him to speak. Yes, uh, you know what's funny? This is going to sound bad. At this point in America. We fight racism, mm-hmm. right? We're against that sort of thing. You don't judge people by the color of their skin. You don't judge people by the way they talk, unless they're Cajun. <laughs> and then you totally judge the way they talk. You totally judge the way they sound. And you look at Ed Orgeron and you say, yeah, redneck hillbilly. That's all you think when you hear him speak is redneck hillbilly. And that is totally acceptable because everyone goes, no, I, what do you want me to say? He's a redneck hillbilly. I mean, that's that's just what it is. That's totally acceptable. No one even cares if you say that. They just go, yeah. I mean, that's that's who he is. They prefer the term NASCAR American, but that's that's what he is. Oh, I just I cheer for Ed Orgeron. I like I love him. He's one of my favorite coaches in the, on the whole planet because I just I love hearing him talk. And you know what's funny is every once in a while I'll play a clip of how he talks on the show here, and I'll have people say, "I don't know what that clip was, but like you should play him for real." And I'm like, "No, that was him." 
But you come to LSU, you're supposed to be able to beat Alabama. And we know that's the best mark of a coach in the program. That's how he talks. And again, if you want to judge him, no one's going to judge you for judging him. They're totally okay with that. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw out two more teams. No, I got three teams out here. I'm going to throw a couple teams out here for you. Auburn is going to be tough. They've got quarterback Jarrett Stidham. The Tigers defense is going to be Excellent. Mm-hmm. I won't put them quite there with Clemson, but I'll put them a shade under Clemson. I don't know what they can do offensively. Defensively, they're going to be good. The problem for Auburn, they've got a very, very tough schedule. Yep. And they start off with Washington in that opener. I know it's going to be in Atlanta. If they can survive that opener, maybe they can get rolling. They can win some games. I really, really like Auburn's defense. I think they're going to be tough. Jarrett Stidham, he can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. He's kind of a tough quarterback. I like them a little bit. I sort of like South Carolina. Oh, okay. You know, they won nine games last year. They return almost everyone, and they do have a softer schedule. Jake Bentley, pretty solid quarterback. You know that the Gamecocks are going to play good defense because that's just what Will Muschamp does. He gets them to play defense. They could be tough if they could figure out some running backs and not give up big plays on pass defense. Maybe South Carolina, and I'm going to throw out one other team. It's got to be your Gators, right? Florida always has talent. The problem, because Florida has like a million five-star kids in their backyard, right? The issue for the Florida Gators is the lack of discipline in Gainesville. So you just have just idiots every single year getting in trouble. And they're completely undependable because who knows when they're going to be suspended because they're just stupid. And then you have had a lack of a bona fide quarterback since Tim Tebow. Now, sophomore Felipe Franks, Maybe he's the answer to the quarterback problem. We'll see. But it sounds like new head coach Dan Mullen coming over from Mississippi State. They say he's addressing some of the discipline problems. I think they're still a year or two away. But could Florida sneak up and maybe steal one from a Georgia? Maybe sneak up and beat a Missouri? Someone like that? Possibly. Because you know they're going to be talented. It's going to be, can they be focused and actually carry out a game plan? Yeah, the talent, like you said, um, quarterback play would be interesting. But yeah, that's a team, um, second half of the season that, you know, um, after Mullen's been there a little bit, kind of has his, you know, had a chance to gel, kind of get his system going. Second half of the season, I can see that, you know, being a dangerous team, you know, possibly upsetting someone. Yeah, I could too. And like I said, I don't think they're going to be a national contender. I don't think it'll be anything like that, but I think they could be a team that could trip you up. If you sleep on them, they are talented enough to beat you. Okay. So we have gone through each and every conference in college football right now. Hopefully, we've laid out a couple scenarios for you. you got maybe a few teams you're going to be watching, maybe a few teams you're going to be keeping an eye on because you said, hey, we heard Big Rob and Clint talking about it on the Daily Dose. I want to now watch that team and see how they do this year because you know they're going to want to call us out if we're wrong on it. That's all right. We're not going to worry about that. <laughs> Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. September's Loot Crate theme is now out and it is called Invaders. Forget the flying saucers, they're already here and it may already be too late. Embrace your new overlords with exclusive new gear featuring some of our favorite Alien Invaders. September's Loot Crate theme features items from Alien, The Predator, The X-Files, and Venom. But trust me, if none of those franchises appeal to you, 
make sure that you do stop by Loot Crate because you are going to find just about anything you could possibly think of over there. They have franchises for just about every TV show, movie, or video game you can possibly think of. Of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose each and every day. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. We are going to be finishing up our college football preview as we will be giving you our picks for who's going to win the Heisman, who is going to the National College Football Playoff, and who will eventually be crowned the College Football National Champion. Plus, you know, while he's here, I think I just might have to get a few picks from Rob on the NFL. Kind of just pick his brain and see what he thinks is going to happen this season in the NFL. So make sure that you come by tomorrow and check that out. Hey, I have to say thank you so much for tuning into the Daily Dose. Thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you for the questions and the suggestions. Thank you so much for sharing the show. It is very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.